Welcome everyone to episode 509 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. Today's topic is going to be Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, uh, among other things I'm sure we'll we'll get into. Um, let's just get right into it, shall we? We don't have anything to tease necessarily for later on the episode, right? Not really. I don't, I don't at least. No, I don't either. I did play a little Persona 5 Royal. Oh, but um, just like half an hour, you know, not enough to really talk about it. But I did want to share that okay. kind of news because I know Will, that's one of Will's favorite games. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to be getting that. It. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be getting that on the Switch at some point. Um, but uh, not not right now. I'm heavy into Mario and Rabbids, uh, transitioning into Mario and Rabbids. I probably played 20... I don't know, 25 hours of it, maybe. I'm a little over halfway through in the completion percentage. Um, I have to revisit some of the older planets to to finish up some of the object- objectives that you can't necessarily finish when you're going through the first time. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm on uh, I'm finishing up stuff on Palette Prime. Corey, I, I don't know if you're, if you're that far yet. Well, you played a little bit of Mario Rabbids too, right? Yeah, I'm actually almost done with it. I when really? I found out we were doing uh, an episode on this, I pretty much picked it up immediately. Oh, okay. I've been playing the last couple of days. I'm on. Did you beat it? No, yeah, I'm, no I'm, you're on... I'm a little halfway through. You're on the prime. Okay, prime. I'm Palette on prime. Yeah. The planet right before you go to the final boss. Oh, okay. So I think that's one after you. Yeah, maybe. I'm not not sure. Um, Wait, is Palette Prime the one with uh, the fall? Like? Yep, fall colors. Okay. With yeah. what's his face, the ghost butler thing. Yep. Um, so I'm all also doing Rated G Games videos for them. So uh, I've also put up like, I don't know, 20 some odd hours of that. Um, individ- individ- like I do like hour long episodes for each one. And then I did a full playthrough of uh, Beacon Beach and a full playthrough of uh pristine peaks which are that's like a four hour video and then a seven hour video so uh, i've been able to get a lot of content out of it which is nice um but uh cory what what are your thoughts so far i'm uh i'm about 10 hours in uh based on the percentage completed uh, quarter of it of the game uh, mm-hmm. but also on palette prime um i didn't spend a ton of time lingering on the planets before uh, just because I'm not sure I really am that crazy about the game. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, it's tough because I, I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon about it. <laughs> no, by um, all means. And uh, like, there's really no way for me to talk about it without kind of sounding like a curmudgeon, which kind of, kind of sucks because I think it's a great game. I just don't think it's really for me. Um, it's very well polished and obviously for a Nintendo Mario game like I'm I'm really excited that the genre exists with that Mario skin on it or I should say that the other way around there's a there's a game uh, in that genre with the Mario skin mm-hmm. so for that reason I really love it but of all of the genres I've played over the last couple of years I think tactical RPG would be uh the most played for me so i have i guess a lot of uh games to draw from in which i think they did certain things better than mario did it mm-hmm. uh but what's great about the mario game and i and and it's weird because i also would suggest it to just about anybody 
um, is that they do all of it and they do it with polish, but I don't find any of it interesting. Um, really? Which is, a, which is a problem because it doesn't, it doesn't, there's nothing urging me to keep playing um, now that I've kind of seen all the mechanics or at least probably most of the mechanics. Um, there's really nothing for me to sink my teeth in and we can unpack that a bit as we go through, but just for like top level thoughts, that's, that's kind of where my head is at. Um, I do have some more targeted criticisms, but just generally, I just, I'm just not interested in anything the game has to offer. Um, the one side of it I do enjoy, which I kind of alluded to already is, is the Mario side of it. The fact that it's a Mario game. Um, and there's a lot of charm that goes along with that. I actually really kind of enjoy the rabid characters. I think yeah. they offer a lot of like humor and, and silliness that um, I do find interesting and entertaining and, and would like to see more of uh, just for a small example of that rabid peach when <laughs> I think it's, or maybe it's, yeah, it's rabid peach where she goes like, does anybody have a charger? Like yeah. <laughs> just every time it just like, I, I don't know. I, it makes me laugh out loud, but um that's definitely a great part of it. I, I, and again, like I know I'm sounding like a curmudgeon. I think it's a great game. I think you should play it if you're the least bit interested. Uh, it's just because I have such specific and strong feelings about this genre and recent games that I've played in it. Um, my opinions towards the negative are a little bit stronger, but mm -hmm. okay. I totally respect and appreciate and would recommend the game and probably give it a pretty good review score. It's just not really for, for a genre diva like me. Right. Will, what are your what are your uh, overall thoughts so far? Uh, being surprisingly the furthest, because I think when we were talking about this last week, you, you hadn't played it yet, and so I'm surprised to hear you're almost finished. I'm glad because I did see you. I was playing the other morning, and I did see you pop on and play play Mario and Rapids. But go ahead. Yeah, I actually really like it uh, so far. I do have some criticisms, uh, and I talked to Corey about this on Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, some things that were bothering him. This is before I had uh, actually started playing, so I didn't really have context what he means. But there are a few things that do bother me, with um, particularly the combat, um, which we'll get into for a minute. But overall, I think it's really, uh, really good. I like that. Um, this is gonna sound really dorky, but I like that they make the characters kind of cool. So like when you do your oversight or steely stare ability for Mario and Luigi. They do this like really slowed down pose. Like so Luigi, when you do the steely stare, he just like pulls back his bow and yeah. like looks down the site and gets ready. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's cool because it makes the characters a little cool. Like Mario crosses his arms like that with his yeah. dual Mar uh, Mario dual with gun. guns. Yeah, it's like cool. I really like that aspect to it. It gives the game a little bit more of a flair. And as Corey talked about with Rabbit Peach um, saying, does anybody have a charger? Like mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Or like how Brawler Mario is like just this absolute animal that goes in there swinging his fist. Like, I think they do a really good job uh, giving the characters a little bit of character because a lot of the Mario characters, in my opinion, throughout the years don't have personalities really for the most part. Uh, other than Bowser stealing Peach, like I don't, I've never found there to be a lot of personality to a lot of these characters, mm -hmm. which is fine. They make great games still, but uh, in this game, yeah, everybody has uh, a little bit of flair to them, which I think is really cool. And some of the characters have some really sweet abilities. Like, um, is it a spoiler to talk about? No, the roster. Yeah, okay, like so, Rabid Rosalina, for example, has 
an absolutely awesome ability where you can basically like just stun everybody so they can't attack can't move can't do any specials for like two turns and it is awesome because then they take more damage um so there's a lot of really cool interactions between abilities and combat that i think make the game kind of fun it does it is pretty bare bones because i remember kingdom battle having i felt like the battles were grander and bigger and took longer and this one it seems like there's a lot more battles but they're more surface level except yeah. for like the main story battles that you end up having i, I would agree with fun. that i would agree with that um i i felt like tactically the ones in kingdom battle were a little more advanced than at least what i've experienced so far halfway through the game in uh, yeah. Sparks of Hope. I do really like Sparks of Hope a lot. I've had a, a blast playing it. Um, but I <clears throat> I do feel like the they were harder, and you had to think more uh, in, in Kingdom Battle as opposed to, to Sparks of Hope. I've had a fairly easy time. I think I've only had one close call in, in Sparks of Hope to this point. So. Yeah, Sam, I haven't died many times. The, the tactics in Sparks of Hope, and I agree with your sentiment, Dan, that the um, previous game felt more tactical. Uh, but it seems like the, the tactics in Sparks of Hope are just don't do something stupid. You yeah. Know? Like, that's pretty much it, and you'll be fine. Um, don't leave yourself uncovered in the middle of enemies. You know, that's pretty much it um, from there. I mean, or obviously, you, you kind of... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, or you you can as long as you have the abilities set that you know, either protect negate you. negate damage or yeah, or protect you in some some way. Yeah. Uh, well, while we're on the subject of uh, battles, I'll bring up another one of my criticisms, and that's um, lack of enemy variation. Uh, you're often fighting the same enemy, um, which wouldn't be that same kind of enemy, which wouldn't be that big of a problem. But because their skill sets are so limited, um, again, like that's just another aspect of the game I find uninteresting. Uh, especially when I've been playing a bunch of, again, tactical RPGs where the AI enemies have all the same types of abilities and breadth of skill set as the characters that you're playing, um, you know, which just adds another layer of difficulty and challenge and nuance that I think is is missing from this game for people who are looking for that. Uh, again, definitely a much more accessible tactical RPG than mm -hmm. most of the ones that are out there, and I think it, that's a good thing. Maybe bring some more people into the genre, but for people who are looking uh, for more depth, I don't, I don't see it uh, as much, especially um, in the combat. Yeah, one thing I'll, I'll add on to is the in Kingdom Battle, you also got access to better weapons, especially if you dug deeper into the game whereas this one it's just you get skins and you upgrade your damage through the skill tree which is generally fine but i did enjoy the aspect in kingdom battle of you know finding doing a lot of exploring and finding the better weapons <clears throat> that's definitely yeah, a, I, a missing thing a missing opportunity also agree with that and again you know the tactical rpgs i've been playing have full build outs for the characters you know mm -hmm. full equipment build outs where you're customizing equipment um and even the ones that don't have full build outs have some level of equipment uh customization that confer abilities or you know somehow change the strategic gameplay in one way or the other and it's just all of that is kind of missing from from sparks of hope um there's no loot right in sparks of hope it's just the the star coins and the what yeah, called? the the bits or whatever. Yeah, 
Yeah, and bits, you can get the bits and the coins. You can get items too, uh, like the healing mushrooms and pows and stuff like that. But there's no like loot, loot, you know, fat loots. Right. Yeah. Um, and you brought up the skill tree too, Dan. Which again, I mean, that's another criticism for me. Um, anytime you're putting stat boosts into a skill tree, I'm just kind of uninterested. It's fine, you know, to as filler, but when it when the majority of the skill tree is amounts to stat boosts, um, again, it's just uninteresting, and it doesn't it doesn't really encourage me to continue to grow my characters. Um, which is the biggest problem for me in the game is there's just nothing interesting enough for me to keep pulling me through it. Every time I turn it on, uh, I'll play a couple battles and then I'll just immediately turn it off and go to something that does have my interest, like Hard Space Shipbreaker, mm-hmm. um, and now Persona Five. But um, yeah, that 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 aspect, the RPG side of it, um, definitely leaves something to be desired for me. Yeah, thoughts will. Yeah, I agree. That doesn't bother me as much as, like, I think when I'm doing the battles and the portals pop up to spawn more enemies into it, it's that sort of thing that bothers me a little bit more because it kind of, like, artificially inflates the difficulty versus, and it's not very difficult, but I don't like that trope in video games where they spawn in more enemies, especially for the portals you can't destroy. It's just, like... Depending on the enemy, if they spawn in, like, one of the big guys that can do a lot of damage, like, I don't know, that sort of bothers me because it's not that they crafted a battle that's difficult or challenging. It's just they threw that portal in there to just artificially inflate the difficulty. Um, And I don't really like that that much. That's probably the only main complaint that I have about the game. Uh, My other small one would be, like, variants on maps. I feel like, especially when I'm doing a lot of the side content, I'm doing the same sort of map over and over and over again mm-hmm. uh which is fine like i don't expect a, a map a different map every single time i do a new battle uh especially a side battle that doesn't really i don't need to do um so that doesn't bother me as much but i think um i think i would re- also recommend this game to just about anybody it is a fun light tactical rpg game uh you can play a podcast during it because the story doesn't necessarily matter that much or you can listen to music uh watch youtube you can do a lot of different things and with all these story heavy games coming out it's nice to have a game like this that you can kind of just uh play and have yeah. other stuff going on um and i really like it because of that um and i love the tactical um rpg like game so uh this is up my wheelhouse so i uh overall i actually really really do like the game quite a bit um yeah yeah i i'll add uh in 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 the positive section because it's we've done a lot of complaining about it so far making it seem like it's not a very good game i i really like it um there's a lot of really good funny references in the game if you if you dig a little deeper by by observing the paintings it's not stuff that might just jump out at you uh necessarily but observing like the paintings that you'll see along the wall there'll be you know funny both uh artworks and 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 a joke that goes along with it um but there was one particular spot that i i was tickled when when this happened it was when you were sneaking through the pristine peaks palace and you had to go out into like a courtyard to hit a button to to manipulate a contraption to open the door to advance um and you're supposed to be sneaking 
and it played like the quiet sneaking music and then every time you took a step it would play like a tone but when you stopped it would stop playing the tone and then you'd continue walking it would go and i i just i just thought that was fantastic because it was it was it was on point with when you when you were walking when you were stopping with the with that tone playing and it was i don't know i just thought that was a very neat little detail that really uh really tickled me yeah and you know what some of the music while it's light on music during exploration or story some of the combat music is really awesome yeah it's got Um, like an epic score yeah like the pristine peaks in particular i would always notice how like the music crescendoed to like the big battles and it was really epic um i really like that i think the music's solid and it's like as i said it's very understated they don't use it that much it's pretty calm uh like musically throughout most of the game but the battles man is that awesome mm. yeah very very good soundtrack i would agree with that i actually remember pl- like specifically playing the uh kingdom battle soundtrack like after i'd you know been done with the game for a while i would still continually play that soundtrack just because the music is so is so good it's a full orchestra it's very well done <clears throat> there was one of the um not to go back to Kingdom Battle again, but uh, there was <clears throat> that one opera singer, Ghost Guy, uh, that they did like a full opera for, and it was like fantastic. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, I'd like to circle back to something that Will brought up uh, mm-hmm. about the challenge of battles. Um, well, there is a, a difficulty setting, right, that you could easily just turn out, turn up, turn down. Um, I think getting that difficulty curve just right is one of the most difficult things to do in, in games. I say that as someone who's never developed their own video game, but um, just based on what I read and understand, um, definitely very challenging for developers to get right. But one thing I really missed from this game that um, a game called Symphony, Symphony of War has, um, another tactical RPG that I've been playing a ton of and loving, um, were battle efficiency rewards and challenges within the battle. So not only uh, were you rewarded with extra items and gold, uh, and I think experience, if you completed the battle in fewer turns um, than whatever they considered the average to be, they also put challenges within the battle. Um, like don't lose, like don't let a character die or something like that, or uh, you know capture a certain waypoint. Granted, uh, Sparks of Hope doesn't have waypoints. Um, but I really missed that aspect because even though my team was overpowered uh those inner battle challenges were enough to like engage me um with the game as a whole uh and in within those specific battles to the point where i actually cared about what happened because not only uh was i sure i was going to win but i wanted to win with enough uh you know dominance dominance uh that i was completing all the challenges as well so um those challenges you know, I would fall short occasionally, and it would be up to me if I wanted to retry the battle uh, to try to get it. And if if I wasn't interested, then I wouldn't retry. But if I was, then I then I would. Um, but that's just another way to kind of like sidestep getting the difficulty curve just right, but still enable users to or uh, the player to um, experience the battle with. A level of engagement beyond like okay let me just cruise through this and win you know uh or the opposite like let me beat my head against the wall because these enemies have way more hit points than me and it takes forever to kill them because that's an easy way to make a battle more difficult um 
just wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think having a challenge system in there would like would be good. Like you know, try to defeat all these enemies in one turn, or you know, something like that. I think would would add that extra st- strategic layer that I think the game game kind of needs. It, it's funny you brought up that specific thing, Dan, because that's one of my notes. Can all battles be beaten in one turn with the right loadout? <clears throat> I have a feeling they can. Uh, no. Except for maybe some of the like really big ones. Yeah. So, uh, well, I I only say no because I I finished one not too long ago that was a huge like horseshoe, and it okay. was you had to get to the end of it. But that would be like the exception, whereas I think a lot of them you you could or could come close to. You think in theory, even if you used enough jumps and and uh, had enough glide. Yeah, I don't think you could do it in one turn. I Wait, mean, I would love to see someone try. Yeah. You know, and see at least a very close result. Um, Maybe if you cheated and used, like, Splash. Can you use Splash against your own team? Probably. There's probably a way Maybe to do that. a way to, like, push your player to, like, just to get a little more added. Yeah, because uh, I started... I recently changed up my team. Like, I, I uh, took Mario out of my team because I... As much as I like having Mario on my team in the games Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, I don't think he was one of the better characters to use. Um, but I have Rabbit Mario, and I have the Spark. Because oh, we should say too, uh, one of the ways they—I don't know if it necessarily helps with the lack of uh, like new abilities or whatever—but uh, you can equip two different Sparks on your character, and they have different things that they do. So you know, finding. Finding synergy between the characters' abilities and the spark abilities is, uh, I don't know, I guess one of the few ways you can differentiate your characters, I guess. Um, But I have, on Rabid Mario, I have one that sucks everybody in from a certain distance. Um, And then, because he does a lot of, uh, you know, area of effect damage um, because of his, you know, hand-to-hand combat stuff. So I suck everyone in from a huge radius and then he pounds on them. Then I have Peach as my like secondary character who has like a big shotgun for her, her main weapon. So if there's any stragglers left over, I have her finish them with the, with the second shot, you know, the boombrella, right? Yep. Uh, and then, you know, a third character that I have in that team is just whoever I think I need. Like, if it's a really long battle, I'll, I'll have Luigi because he's the, the sniper character. If it's something that's really hard with a lot of enemies, I'll have uh, Rabid Peach is the healer. So I'll have her on the team. So the third character is kind of a rotating carousel. Um, since I've complained a lot, I'll bring up <laughs> a couple things that I liked, uh, okay. if that's okay with you guys. Oh. Um, I don't like being the resident curmudgeon, but sometimes I have to be. Yeah, no, that's um, fine. The exploration. Um, I can't remember how much exploration was in Kingdoms of Hope. I, I remember it being a lot less than this game. Am I accurate in that assessment? I think you're right, yeah. Um, so that was welcome, for sure. Um, I also like the worlds themselves, and I like that the goal... Uh, not the specific goal, but the indirect goal of what you do in each world kind of restores it to a more pleasant state. So you arrive and it's kind of chaotic and sad and dreary. Um, But through your efforts, you kind of restore it to a more familiar, comfortable, like Mario type world. And that's, I don't know, I just, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. Um, Cathartic once you, you know, restore the world back to its 
harmonious state. Um, I also thought the freedom of movement uh, all was really well done mechanically. Um, but of course, because I have to be the curmudgeon, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie all this up into um, a negative. I think even though the exploration is welcome, the limitations of the switch are holding back uh, what could be something even better. I think the um, horsepower on the Switch is, is part of the reason, the resolution being a little bit smaller than what I'm used to um, playing, I think kind of takes away from the viewport, like what you can see uh, when you're exploring, which because of those issues and also um, loading screens, I don't know if you guys were bothered by loading screens, but I started getting annoyed with the loading screen. Even when you just go into the menu and come back out, it saves every time and, and there's a loading screen, Yeah, uh, which is kind of annoying. Um, but all of those smaller issues, even though I thought they did the exploration well, uh, those small issues made it really hard for me to get my bearings when I was kind of exploring. I never could really figure out where I was in the world. Uh, could just be a me problem, but um, yeah, even though all that the worlds were nice and I wanted to see more of them, again, I just found it uninteresting because of those technical limitations. Um, there needs to be a new switch. Okay. I, well, I, I think agree. back to I think back to like that Pokemon Arceus game, um, which actually might be. Well, did that come out this year? Yeah. Yeah. That might be my my leading game for Steamy Dirt. Um, <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> oh man, that game was bad. No, um, it wasn't. It looked bad, but it played fine. well. It looked bad, it. but and also take the Pokemon out of it, and what do you have? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I I, but, I think we I think we agree. Oh, I think we agree. That's, that's a bad take. <laughs> I, I, I think we agree. That's a, f- a fair criticism. Um, but I still enjoyed it. But it's anyway, the first time. Fine. It's the Is first time they tried with Pokemon. Well, no, it's the first time they tried with Pokemon ever. And they did a horrible job. It, it, so, But the reason I bring that up is that I kind of want to ask the same question here. If you take the Mario charm out of this game, what do you have? And I'm not, I'm not saying that to say, like, it's a bad game. I, I just think if you... I, I think it's getting the Nintendo pass a little bit that Nintendo games often get because they're well-polished and they have these long last long standing IPs and people love to, you know, explore these worlds and these genres with these lovable characters. Um, I think it gets forgiven for a lot of the shortcomings. I think Pokemon's a really good example of that. The Pokemon Arceus game. Um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Arceus. Uh, and I kind of feel the same way here. I think you have a better game overall, like, if I was grading it, but still like just uninteresting for me. Yeah. Um, did, did I break your heart? Will? no, um, the... there are, think of that Pokemon Arceus game. There are games that did that way better already, but because it was Nintendo, because there's it was no Pokemon, other monster catching game that's out there. That's good. That's not true. A Temtem, which is brand new. Uh, what Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is a monster slaying game. That's not a yeah, but it's the same. Game. It's the same no, type of like gameplay loop. It's like go out in the world, find kill a monster, mo- kill it, kill. go back to the city hub. Like I think, I, I think they're totally different because Pokemon is where you're catching them and doing team battles. You're not fighting big monsters. Sure, Arceus is doing the the alpha battles. I'm Which just. Is... I guess. I guess I'm surprised that you're impressed with 
Arceus. Like, oh, I, I never just... said I was impressed. I said it's the first time that they tried with Pokemon ever. I and think that, I think you're me, being hard. I think you're being harsh on it because it looks bad. It does look bad, but to me, like there are so many aspects, and I I was calling up my notes because I had my notebook in front of me, and that's why I was looking at it. But like there are so many shortcomings in that game, and to me, it's it's an embarrassing first effort to do an open world Pokemon game like that. Like, and maybe maybe the technical limitations are the reason it, it the whole package came together so poorly for me. But I I'm just like. To me, you're not going to change my mind, but like to me, they got a, such a big pass on that game, and and it's silly to me. But and then you think this game we'll got a to... big pass too? I don't. No, no. I actually, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying I think you still have a good game, but like it's even less interesting without the Mario aspect. Okay. Yeah. Let's not so forget. I, I think the... Arceus was just a total steamy turd. Let's not forget that this is not uh, a Nintendo game, though. This is a Ubisoft, yeah, Ubisoft. game with, with Nintendo characters. Right, but the pa- that's where the pass comes from. It's the Nintendo IP, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think I ultimately like it uh, a lot more than you do, Corey. Um, I would say probably my primary complaints are the the ease of it, which I, maybe I'll bump up the difficulty. I, I guess I didn't think of that, but there's plenty of opportunities for you to bump up the difficulty. I think they it, like it asks you before you start every battle if you want to bump up the difficulty. That's one of the one of the options. Um, but I think for me, my biggest complaint is actually uh, performance, and slightly related to what you were talking about, Corey, with the loading screens. Um, and I'm not sure if this is just because I'm playing on a computer monitor, um, cause I have my switch here at my desk when I record videos and on my monitor up here. Um, it doesn't, it, especially the frame rate when you're rotating the camera is, is not very yeah. good. It's not a smooth 30 frames. There's definitely, there's definitely jumps and that, that sort of stuff annoys me. Um, as someone who thinks every game should be 60 frames, um, to totally go back, agree. to go back to 30 and to not have it even be an even 30, um, I never notice these issues when I'm playing in handheld mode. Uh, that's why I like when I play a game like Breath of the Wild, I always play in handheld mode because it it never seems to bother me as much. And I don't know if that's that's on purpose. If the Switch screen itself does something that makes it look a little bit better, um, but you know, playing Breath of the Wild now on, on a like a TV is it's it's Breath of the Wild's a, not not a very good example because ultimately I I end up not noticing after a little while. Um, about the 30 frames, but but this this game I definitely have noticed noticed the frame rate and I'm annoyed by the frame rate. So yeah, um, I think it dips below 30 sometimes. Yeah, uh, no which question. Desire it shouldn't. Well, Will you you started to say um, before I ripped Pokemon, you started <laughs> to say uh, Nintendo needs a new Switch. Yeah, 100. percent What yeah. um, is there any talk of that? Wasn't there talk of a Nintendo Switch Pro at some point? I don't know what happened with that. I think Bloomberg was either it's happening and Nintendo like is making everybody wait longer or they were off base. I don't know which one because, yeah, I mean, the Switch Pro was supposed to be eminent for three years at this point. Well, well you got to figure new... the current Switch has been out for almost six years. <laughs> what, what did I say? Well, we were talking about that on Halloween and I said, like. When that come out, two thousand eight or something. Oh like yeah, that. and you're like, eh, I was like seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> I was way off. But it feels like it's been out forever. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard to think that 
2017 is it we're going almost six years ago you know yeah so it is it is kind of long in the tooth i could see nintendo doing something silly like a power pack add-on you know where like you plug in a little bit of a processing dock or something like that with more processing power or something you know what they could do and uh, i don't know how well this would go over but they could if they come out with a new system make it compatible with the joy cons make it compatible with the dock and maybe only buy the like a new tablet device use your same dock maybe that's a way they could you know save money on on uh for people if they if they want to make something with more horsepower you're talking about the yeah, yeah, you're talking about the same company that shipped a 3DS without a charger, right? Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, they know everyone will buy the new console regardless if it's oh, 100% the cons or not. 100%. Um I I'm in one of those. We have six switches in our house, so yeah, I would it would be definitely something we would get. It's annoying, but But yeah, there needs to be a new switch. It's uh, a little long in the tooth, you can tell. Yeah. Yep. And games should be running things at 60 frames. I'm sorry. Yeah, agreed. agreed. There's there's no excuse for that. I mean, anymore. Uh, you know what? The, the the nice thing is, is when I do my videos, I always compress them at 60 frames. So when I watch the videos back of my, my Mario and Rabbids series specifically, like it looks smoother because the 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 video is is compressed at 60 frames. So. Yeah, it does help, does help the look of it. It's not great, but it's better better than the frame rate of the the original game. Yeah, I mean games like Gotham Knights and Plague Tale Requiem are running at thirty frames, which is unacceptable. Really, Plague Tale, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's ridiculous. If God of War is running at one twenty, I don't want to hear any excuse why you couldn't get your game running at a higher frame rate than thirty. Is that just on console? Yeah, or is it PC too. I don't no, know. I w- nice on PC, but I, Requiem does run 60 on PC. Okay, I was gonna say because I there there I think people would have would have rioted in the streets if if a PC game ran at 30 frames. Yeah, I think Gotham Knights used the excuse of co-op, hmm. which I'm not a game developer. Who knows? That just sounds like they're not very talented at what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and there apparently there there is ways that you can make thirty frames less unbearable. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about the near Automata port for the Switch, but apparently no. it's like a, a massive um, technical marvel because yeah. they got the game like how it's been for a while, running at thirty frames on the Switch, but looking amazing. Apparently, uh, just from reviews I've read about it, so. It's possible, I guess. That game doesn't get enough love. No, that game's great. It really is. I'm, I'm still waiting for my Steam Nintendo partnership that's going to allow me to play Nintendo games in the Steam cloud. Well, the new Pokemon Legends Arceus would probably look pretty good on uh, PC, <laughs> Corey. PC. Yeah, elitist. Uh. Every now and again in my Google News feed, I get breath of the wild videos but it's someone playing on pc with like rtx graphics and stuff running at 60 or 120 frames and it looks so good i uh tried to download an emulator on pc to play breath of the wild on it Mm -hmm. but i'm not smart enough to figure out all of that stuff so i kind of quit after like an hour i've i've done that in the past it looks really good 
my experience with those those types of things is the juice is never worth the squeeze. You know, I can't tell you. We've talked about this on the show before. How many hours we've spent, like, or maybe it's just me, but hours spent like getting Skyrim all modded and set up, and then you play it for twenty minutes and it's just, <laughs> move on yeah, to the next okay. thing. Never yeah. go back. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure Tito only played the the PC version, the mod, the uh, modded version of Breath of the Wild. I think that's how he played the entire game. I don't blame him. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, maybe that's when we're it. maybe that's when we're going to get our Switch Pro is with the coincide with the release of the new Zelda. Oh, that would be great. But That'd I be doubt interesting. it. Yeah. That would be interesting. I mean, watching gameplay of that, I'm surprised they got it running like they did. Well, so good. I yeah, I'm glad you said that, Will, because I meant to bring that up when we were talking about the technical limitations. You you'll play a game like Pokemon Arceus and be like, what? And then you'll play a game like Xenoblade Three, and you'll be like, holy smokes! Like they really knew how to optimize this this game for this system. It's it's beautiful. Uh, um, so there is there is definitely a big di- discrepancy in some of these games. I don't know what it is about. Okay, so uh, Monolith did Xenoblade. Uh, they also help out with Breath or the Zelda games like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. So something that Monolith does, they just know how to get the most juice out of the Switch. Game Freak doesn't. I, I they're notably like pretty terrible developers. Like I don't know. Well, how... it's because they don't have to be good, right? They they just slap the Pokemon IP on it and people buy millions of copies. That's just relax. <laughs> it's true it's though. Late like, in the morning, them, get them's fight words. I mean, is that is that a wrong assumption? Uh, you know, no. I just don't like that Pokemon's catching all the strays before nine a.m. <laughs> well, you know me. I've been I've been pretty anti Pokemon since Pokemon Red and Blue. So, no, but you are right. Like, it's amazing that Game Freak put out a game that looked like that in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think the core gameplay loop is just fun. I don't think that they do a good job with anything else. Believe me, if if in my own work I had clients that would pay me millions of dollars to deliver a subpar product, I would continually put out a subpar product. Yeah, no, it's true. I would too. You don't even have to yeah, pay me. Everybody to do that. would. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just the way the world works. Yeah. All right. Do we have any final thoughts on Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope? I think it's great. I think it's good, uh, and you should. Everyone should should try it, um, just because it's a it's accessible way to to get into the genre. Yeah, uh, I also really like it. Um, I will say, because it's a Ubisoft game, it'll go down in price probably pretty fast. So if you're not uh, maybe jazzed on it at sixty dollars, you could probably wait until maybe the spring even and it'll be 40 and then 30 there was times where you could get mario and rabbits kingdom battle for 15 bucks so um but it's that i in my opinion it's definitely worth worth playing and experiencing um because i really like it too so all right uh do we have any news i haven't been following gaming news uh as much lately just because i've been busy um Oh, one thing I did want to talk about is what did you guys think of the Mario movie trailer? Awesome. I, we haven't talked yeah, about this. I, like, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I am very excited. I also like Chris Pratt a lot. So mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I'm excited for it. The cast to me is really good. I mean, getting Jack Black to play Bowser, yeah, I think is great. I, I, I was, I was not sure how I'd feel about Chris Pratt voicing Mario, um, but just the little bit I heard in 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 the 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 trailer that they announced or released a couple weeks ago, I thought I thought he was fine. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be the first movie I've seen in the theater because I think we'll, we'll take all of our kids and stuff because um, they're all into Mario, and you know it'll be the first movie I've seen in the theater in ten years, maybe. It's not coming uh, to same day streaming. I don't know. It's just a temporary thing. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I mean, let's let's face it. This movie's gonna make millions, so going to be huge yeah i mean and don't they say like mario is more recognizable than like santa claus or something like that isn't that the probably probably globally yeah. wouldn't surprise me so yeah i, I, did, I, I did want to talk about that because uh, we hadn't hadn't mentioned it i don't think i was actually surprised that people were bashing chris pratt's mario on the three and a half words that he said in the trailer yeah I was like, uh, huh. yeah, yeah, guys, like we can tell right now. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's why we can't have nice things. Exactly. The Very true. Uh, does anyone have any, any news they want to cover, though, other than that? Um, I got nothing, so. No, nothing really jumped out at me this week. Granted, I'm not paying as close attention as yeah. I used to. I'm um, going to start with... paying closer attention again. I'm going to try. My favorite website is No More that I used to do that with. Um, I don't know if you guys ever used the Gamers Post. It was this website that just aggregated all of the video gaming websites' news feeds into one mm. place. Oh. And it just populated them in one grid and based on when they were published. Um, so it was an easy way. And you could actually select which sources you wanted to show and which you didn't. Oh, wow. So I would turn off like the massively MMORPG site just because they were exclusively talking about MMORPGs that I would probably never play. Uh, but that site is no more. I've actually talked to one of my friends about us recreating it, uh, and he seems interested. So maybe we'll set up the next. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be amazing. I did, uh, you never talked about that. I would I would have used that definitely. I'm yeah. sure I did, but probably it was like ten years ago that I talked. Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, I just have been checking it. Just this year, it finally, finally crapped out, and nobody, nobody can get in touch with the, the, the uh, web developer. So maybe he, maybe he died or something. You know, it's kind of sad. Is this the type yeah. of thing where it would run on autopilot? Uh, it would until. Got messed up? It, exactly. It seems like that's what 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 is happening. There's like a server error now that it's throwing. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. Who knows? All right. Uh, Will, how's your week? How's your summer been and everything it's been a while it's been good just been really busy i'm tired of work right now i just want to be a millionaire and hang out it's really all i want to do sure but it's good i don't know i've been doing this new thing where i got really tired of like going to the gym at 11 p.m after work uh then being up till three or four in the morning so, like, three weeks ago, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to start going to bed between 11 and 12 and waking up between 7 and 8. So I've been doing that for three weeks, and 
it's significantly better. I like it a lot more. The problem is at work at the end of the night, I just don't want to do any of my closing work. I'm tired and just want to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm having a hard adjustment with that. But the actual getting up part hasn't been as bad as I thought it would. Um, only the first like week I was like, oh, this sucks. But now that I've been doing it, I've been going to the gym usually in the morning. Uh, I've been feeling like way better, way more energetic, way more energized, less crabby. Um, so there is something to staying up super late and sleeping until 11 or 12 every day is just not good for the human psyche, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> um, yeah. at all. To be honest, or I'm just built like I'm not meant to do it. But yeah, I've been doing that. So uh, now I play video games earlier in the day instead of super late at night, and uh, it's been it's been good. I think I'll be sticking with it, especially once like I'm back into school and stuff like that. So I find that even if I stay up really late, like two or three, if I don't, if I get up later than eight or nine, I just feel like crap. Yeah. So. It's it's better to wake up early-ish, even if I stay up really late at night. Yeah, it's also annoying, like, because, like, I moved back home with mom and dad to save money for school and all that. It's like, I'll come down at, like, noon on Sunday, and dad will be like, good morning, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> sure, like, yes. Annoying. So, like, I'd rather just, like, get that out of the way at, like, 8 a.m. Instead of noon uh-huh. like, before football. Oh, sure. So... Yeah. Um, I've workshopped this, Will. So I have, I do have some strong opinions. Uh, the I, when I say I workshopped it, I mean the go to bed early, get up early, stay up late, get up late. Like I've tried both sides uh, yeah. over COVID. I had the ability to do that because um, I work flexible shifts too. And I will say, I think there are benefits to both. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going to bed early. And this probably is instinctual to most people, but um, I had to tr- test it to, to figure it out. But when I went to bed early and got up early, I was much more productive, uh, much more focused, uh, much more motivated. You know, those all sound like good things. Um, but what I lost was like my appetite for creativity. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I stopped being interested in some of the things I've always been interested in. And I was just more focused on being a productive member of society, which again, sounds like a good thing. But uh, when you're somebody who, you know, consumes a lot of media and plays a lot of video games and, um, you know, likes to get lost in books and stuff like that, um, when you lose that side of yourself, you just feel different. And that's what I lost. I will actually say I play less video games now because what I do is I try to, for the first hour of the day, avoid screen time for the most part, just because like I spend so much time on screens, like I need to get away from it a little bit. So usually I'll spend from like the seven to eight, like just not looking at screens, computer, TV, phone, all that jazz, just kind of like waking up and all that. Um, and then I go to the gym, like probably like 30 or 40 minutes after that. And then I come home, I do breakfast, I shower. My friends are all playing Overwatch. So like I'll jump on and play Overwatch or Call of Duty with them. And then I'll go to work and then I come home and I won't play anything after work because I got to get to bed within the next hour. I don't want to start anything. So I actually have noticed I've been playing less video games. Like I've been trying to play uh, Plague Tale Innocence before Requiem, but like I just don't have the time to dedicate right now to a super story heavy game. 
but I mean yeah. that'll change. I need to I, I need to adapt a little bit. I'm kind of being picky, but especially with God of War coming out, I would like to finish those. So um, yeah, I have noticed that I have had less time to play video games because of that. Well, it's tough too. I think we talked about this a little bit when you're when you work at the end of your day, it's hard to settle into something um that isn't productive before your work you know yeah. like i have a really hard time uh if i have any sort of obligation at the end of the night i have a hard time like enjoying my free time uh, throughout the day yeah i'm a work dreader so like i'll think i'm thinking about work right now that i have to work tonight <laughs> and it's seven hours away or whatever yeah i can yeah. That weighs on that weighs on you all day. I I I was the same way when I had to work evenings. I think that's a Martha thing because my wife is really good. Like when she was uh, serving at the restaurant, you know, it never seemed to to bother her that she had to work at night. You know, she would still enjoy her day and do all the same things she would otherwise. But I don't yeah, know. like one of my good friends at work, he's like, yeah, like me and my girlfriend went for a hike. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, you're like, you did all I that sat there work. It's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I yeah, wonder if it has anything to do with we cuz you know, for the longest time we all worked on on our golf golf course that that our, you know, dad was in charge of and we would work super early in the morning and then be done like in early, in the early afternoon. I wonder if that kind of programmed us to want to get stuff done earlier in the day and then have the afternoon and evening and and night to have our free time. I think it did because yeah. <laughs> those were our formative years, you know, where yeah. we were forming our adult habits, you know, mm -hmm. 16 to 20, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I worked at Wegmans right after that. So like I worked a lot of six, seven, eight in the morning shifts there, um, even some fives. So like I continued doing that for a while. And then when I went to go work at the restaurant and I was like, had to be there till 3 a.m. It was like a completely different flip. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Corey, do you have anything you want to update us on? Uh, not a ton. Um, oh, I went to see Eric in Palmyra, Virginia, mm -hmm. a couple weekends ago. Um, that was a lot of fun. My wife came. We stopped at Shenandoah National Park on the way and did a little hike. That was beautiful. Um, I actually didn't know that that's where it was, like right on the way. <laughs> Which I, we, Will and I went down a, a couple years ago, and I had no idea. Will, did you know we like drove basically through Shenandoah National Park? I remember seeing signs for it, but I don't remember actually like noting it in my brain for anything yeah. else. Yeah, um, my wife. So we drove it through it. I, we never went into the park, I don't think, but we were adjacent to it. Um, driving, we had to have been. Okay, so we're um, right by it. But yeah, holy smokes, there's some beautiful views. Uh, but it was good to see Eric. Um, I asked Eric if he was going to do the thummies with us, and he said he would if he was available. So hopefully, we'll get him his return on this show at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it, really good to see him. Good to to meet the kids. Um, Landon, I think. W Landon was just a little itty bitty baby when we were there, Will. But uh, good to see him a little bit grown up, and and his daughter and um, his wife, and just catch up and BS, and uh, had some good food and some good wine. We went to this beautiful winery, uh, which this isn't hyperbole. It's going to sound like hyperbole when I say this, but and I've also never been to Spain. 
Um, but where this winery was located, it was so beautiful. It felt like I was in Spain, mm. you know? It's so different from the architecture and like it was located up on top of this high mountain, you know, overlooking the valleys around you and the winery down below or the um, vineyard down below. Just a really beautiful setting. Uh, and that was awesome to see. Um, what else did we do? Went to a distillery, had some drinks, watched some Richard Pryor. And it was just, it was just <laughs> a good, it was a, a good weekend. It was a lot of fun and, and great to see Eric. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to bring up was Andor, which I was messaging you guys about a little yeah. bit yesterday. But man, that show is really good. I've heard great um, things about it from everybody. It, well, what's interesting about it is there's no, I still haven't seen a lightsaber and I think I'm six episodes in. Um, only recently were there like TIE fighters and stormtroopers. Um, Ooh. you don't see so, any of that stuff for the first like five episodes. So it's uh, world building really, stuff. Really, yeah, really unique. If you liked the aesthetic of like Rogue One, you'll definitely like Andor, which makes sense because it's, you know, yeah. Cassie and Andor are the same character. Uh, but he's a great character. It's, it's basically the birth of the rebellion. Um, they pull off a big heist, uh, stealing they i think they call it the entire uh, payroll for an entire imperial sector um is what this heist is is centered around and that's basically to to fund the the beginning of the rebellion um really interesting show especially if you're into the star wars lore it's not as action oriented and uh good and evil um as some of the other star wars properties but uh, really interesting nonetheless cassian's a great character um, lots of shades of gray with all the characters. You know, it's not as cut and dry who's good, who's evil. That was what I liked about Rogue One. And I I have a hard time. I go back and forth on whether Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie or Empire Strikes Back is my favorite movie. It depends on when you ask me, you know, what what I feel. But Rogue One was fantastic. Yep, I agree. And for me, it's Rogue One as my favorite Star Wars movie. And I, the uh, Darth Vader at the end. Oh my that movie god, that gives me really chills every time I see it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, also, watching Tales of a Jedi, which is really great. And I, I know a lot of people have a hard time watching the cartoons, but they're really, really well done. They're shorter. They're like sixteen, excuse me, sixteen minute episodes, and that kind of focuses. Uh, not directly on Count Dooku, but basically all the things that Count Dooku did leading up to the Clone Wars, um, his turn to the dark side. Uh, but they're like stories that kind of surround him rather than being focused on him. Mm. Um, but also really interesting and, and very well done. Kind of makes me feel bad for Kenobi because um, Kenobi was just okay, in my opinion. Uh, I really like Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Ewan McGregor is a fantastic Obi-Wan Kenobi. So... I liked it for that reason, but um, just to see the, the care that Andor got kind of makes me disappointed that Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't get the same level of attention. Mm. Didn't seem anyway. Okay. I think that's it. That's all I wanted to say. All right. Um, I don't have a lot to talk about. Oh, uh, did you want to talk about House of the Dragon, Corey? I know we talked about it in person, but uh, I don't. Th I think the finale was after we recorded... The le the, our you're right. most recent episode, right? Yeah, I uh, wild ending. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, the ending. I 
Definitely don't like it as much as game of game as Game of Thrones. I've I've decided that definitively. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm still entertained by it. It's still a good TV show. I do want them to make it a little bit more complex because that's what I really miss about Game of Thrones. Dan, yeah. you and I would get on these podcasts after an episode and theory craft for half an hour because there was so much lore and and characters and. Mm-hmm motivations to draw from that we could do that and this is a much more contained show i'm not really complaining about that because some of like the early game of thrones stuff was really dense to try to understand and wrap your head around but i do miss some of that stuff i i do think it's gonna get i know the story i'll I'll get that out of the way i i don't know if i talked about that when we when we but i listened to the whole history uh and so i know what happens um so i think that's why there's not as much theory crafting as there was with with Game of Thrones, you know, once that once the the show outsourced the the books, then people you know were allowed to speculate. But um, you know, the, anyone who's read, and I'm not even I can't remember what the book is called, um, but is it Fire and Blood? Maybe a history of right. the tar- Targaryen. You mean Blood and Wine? Blood and Wine, yes. Um, Blood and Wine's great, by the way. Yeah, it's in the, that's in The Witcher. That's what we should have talked about. Sorry. Yeah, we, no, we we'll can talk, talk about, about that. that after. Yeah. Okay. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, be, be, it does get more expansive. Like you know, there'll okay. there's going to be more locations, more characters added in. Uh, the the first season really just focused on the start of the conflict and what happened with the different Targaryen branches. Um, and then and then yeah, it's going to add in more more characters, more more locations. There's definitely going to be more battles and and stuff like that. So, um. I think that I think that's coming, um, but but I, but I agree with you. I, I do like Game of Thrones better so far. Um, I'm, we'll see how it's only been one season, so we'll see how how things turn out ultimately. But we have to wait until 2024 to see House of the Dragon season two. So to wait a year and a half. Yeah, they. Ju- I think they just started like filming the second season right now. God, they're so dramatic. <laughs> There is a time in my life where something uh, I'd hear would be coming out in like a couple years, and I would just think, ah, probably not even going to be around for it, you know. Like, but now that I've now now that that has happened enough times to me, it's just like, yeah, it'll come when it gets here. You know? Yeah, I, f- I felt the same way. I mean, I remember when season seven of Game of Thrones finished, and it was going to be a while until season eight come out, came out. I was like, it's n- I'm never going to get there, and the world's going to end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ah, well, it's a little more real now, right? Yeah, fair right. enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to bring up Dan, and I you, you got to help me out with the names. Is it? Uh, oof, I don't without doing spoilers. I guess it's hard to do. Um, where did they go at the end? The two half brothers. So they, they they split up. One went to wait. Are you talking about House of the Dragon? Yeah, Aegon, not Aegon. Um, where they ran into each other. Oh, they went to Storm's End. Storm's End. Okay. Mm-hmm. That scene in Storm's End was amazing. Yeah. And I felt so sorry for that kid. Yeah. Like, so sorry for him. I'm like, why on earth would they let him do this? But uh, really well done scene. You could cut the tension in the room with a knife. And uh, they did a really good job of making what's his name uh, seem very villainous. Aemon, yeah. Aemon, uh, yeah. 
one thing I will say that they, I'm glad they've done is they've stayed true to the source material. I, I know that was an issue with with Game of Thrones, but they outsource they outpace the the source material. But um, everything that happened in the show is exactly what happened in the books. A lot in a lot of cases, it happened the exact same way. Um, so I, I I've been very pleased with with that. Um, so. We'll say that. last question for me, Dan. Yeah. Uh, do you think Viserys is the best king, most virtuous king that we've seen in, in Game of Thrones? Probably. Uh, I mean, you might, though it was temporary. Uh, Rob Stark was was good. Uh, king in the North. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good example. Um, yeah. But yeah, he yeah, he because he, he tried to do right by by everybody. He tried to keep the peace. And uh, yeah. I I do think he was he was fairly good. A lot of times, you know, because a lot of people complain that he didn't do anything really, um, but a lot of times that's the best course of action, you know. Yep. So I think I always bring this up. I think it was Calvin Coolidge that said, "My greatest achievement was doing nothing." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes that's just what you need. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I uh, dig it so far. I'm I'm really looking forward to season two. It's like you said, the 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 world feels more right when there's Game of Thrones on. So, yep. but yeah. Uh, outside of that, the only thing I completed my Google certificate in UX design uh, as of late last night. So um, that is that is all finished. I have no more coursework, which is nice because I've spent the past two and a half months uh, doing six months worth of coursework. So, yeah. Thank you. So now it's uh well done. Yeah, now it's uh working on getting my portfolio set up on on my website and stuff and then apply for jobs hopefully starting next week. So we'll see. Good for you. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice sense of relief. You finished it in 2 months, you said? Two and a half, yeah. I started I started like sh- very shortly after we got back from Florida at the end of August. So you blitzed um, through that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's you were like what... I have had enough of this. I'm gonna solve this problem myself. <laughs> yeah, the um, a lot of it was was I wanted to get it done because it, you know I the courses are through Coursera, which is like forty bucks a month. Um, but a lot of it too was I just you know I wanted to get it done and get it completed, and I knew if I I kept going and I did a little bit every day because I, I knowing myself if I you know didn't do it for a week or whatever and try to go back to it i never would have continued so i tried to make sure i did at least a little bit every day uh and and progress a little bit every day and uh you know that's how i was able to finish in such a quick time there'd be days where i I did five or six hours worth you know as opposed to 15 or 20 minutes so that kind of balanced it out so i got it done very quickly but it was awesome. fun, actually. Actually, I really, really enjoyed it too, which also helped. So, cool. Yeah. Um, that's all I have to talk about. Uh, Corey Henry Cavill. Oh, that's right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's the only other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, newsworthy. I, I, I've become a very big Henry Cavill fan since he started doing um, Geralt as the Witcher. So it makes me very sad to hear that he is no longer, uh, after this coming season, uh, he'll no longer be Geralt. The leading theory, maybe this has come out as news, I don't know, is um, his 
taking over Superman, the Superman role again, is the reason why he can't be Geralt. Um, scheduling conflicts in Hollywood are common. So uh, if he had to pick one over the other, I'm sure he took the one with the bigger payday. Um, although it does make me very sad that he will no longer be Geralt because he was an excellent Geralt. And uh, I think, is it Luke Hemsworth is replacing him as Geralt? Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. Liam. Liam, whichever. Um, I also I like him, but, you know, he's no Geralt. He's no uh, Henry Cavill. Um, and my wife also agrees with that statement. I just, like, there's just something about Henry Cavill. You know, he's, I don't know how to how to phrase it without Handsome. Incriminating, incriminating myself. Uh, yeah, there's just, like, he, I don't know, he just embodies Geralt way better than any other actor I can think of. Maybe it's because I've seen him play the role. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it just, it makes me sad, but I get it. Uh, do what's important for him. And, uh, you know, I'll still be, a, I'll still give Liam Hemsworth a chance uh, just because I really like the Witcher show, but. You should tweet him death threats. Right. That seems to be the solution uh, to the problems today. Yeah. Uh, not only him, but Henry Cavill too. Yeah. For <laughs> not being the person I wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a li- this is related to the death threats, but I see famous people all the time, like talking about how they're getting countless death threats sent to them. And I'm like, who's still doing this in 2022? Like, I don't know. It blows my mind that people do that. And are they playing it up a little bit? Well, you also got to keep in mind foreign nations are doing everything they can to destabilize us. So some of those death threats might be coming from paid agitators it's not a bad thought yeah i just like i hear people getting all exercised over getting a di- i mean if i got one i wouldn't care uh you say that but well what are they gonna know. come to my parents house and strangle me today like well that's what <laughs> i was gonna say like you were if you got one like you wouldn't have any reason to believe it was serious but if you were an important person you'd probably take it a little bit more seriously especially if you had a family uh, of your own that's fair yep but i don't know i've never received a death threat so I, it's hard for me to say and but. we we don't want to get started so if you're out in our listening audience actually that's not true one of my friends told me he was going to kill me when we <laughs> were in grade school <laughs> and somebody overheard and told the principal oh geez. was it was it austin <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. So I I got called down to the office. Um, Did you I'm cry, kids? I, no, I didn't cry. I was just played dumb. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He didn't say that because I knew what would happen. And you know, maybe, well, maybe this is how I get my first death threat is telling the story. But like, I knew what would happen. I also knew he wasn't serious. You know, yeah. when he said it. Um, but I'm sure. I don't know. It's a it's a scary times. I guess that's all I'll say. Uh-huh. Okay. Um Will, what have you been playing? A lot of Overwatch 2. What, um What are your thoughts? I think this game's getting a bad deal from people. Um I don't think it's the I don't think it's a sequel. If that makes sense. I look at it as a 1. 1. 1.5. 1. 5. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I mean, they did a lot where they changed completely how they do monetization, which we'll get into. Uh, they dropped a the teams from six to five, which I think is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they reworked a lot of characters. They added three new characters in uh, Sorjorn, Junker Queen, and Kiriko. So one support, DPS, and tank. Um I really like it. Uh, they had a really, really rough launch. Um, part of that being obviously themselves. Uh, the other part, not their fault, because they got DDoS'd. Because mm-hmm. whoever in their right mind thought, hey, let's uh, let's attack Blizzard on Overwatch launch day, because we're so mad that they're moving on to Overwatch 2. I don't know why people would choose to do that, but yeah. whatever. Um so they had a really rough launch. I remember looking at queues where I was like 30,000th in line. Like they were some wild queues. Yeah. Um, but like once you got into the game, they fixed it probably within a week, week and a half. So like I've kind of learned with massively multiplayer games, um, just like don't play it right on launch. Just wait an extra couple days to a week. And most of the time they have things ironed out. I don't know if we should have to do that, but. Yeah, that's how it goes, regardless. That's how it is. Yeah, how it is now. Call of Duty is the same thing, um, which I I can also talk about that in a minute. But I think Overwatch 2 is actually pretty great. Uh, A lot of people are complaining about queue times taking forever. I've been playing pretty religiously since that launch window, and after that first week and a half, I don't really know what people are talking about. I think they're kind of... I think all people are so upset with Blizzard as a whole, with all of their misconducts for how they treat employees, and on top of them changing overwatch 2 to something that they don't like i think they over dramatize the what's going on with the game i really do think that because the gameplay is great i think the game is really fun it's overwatch it's a lot of fun to play um only having one tank changes the entire dynamic and how everything plays because how it worked in overwatch 1 was everybody had shields every tank had them so you would be basically fighting through two shields and barriers to be able to get any kills but now there's only one and they took a lot of the shields away from a lot of the different tanks so it's way more fast paced like the tank has to be instead of me if i play like i play orissa a lot which is one of the one of the tanks so like in overwatch one i could focus on doing something like a completely different role than where i have to do now because i have to make sure everyone's defended i have to make sure i dive in and destroy some of the back lines of the support and the dps but i also don't want to overextend now because there's no other tank so if i overextend i can get killed everybody else my team has to retreat or some of them get killed Mm -hmm. so like as a tank i have to think about a lot more so um so like i like the meta on how it's changed i think it's more fast-paced there's more killing more team kills um the monetization of the game is pretty ridiculous. Like skins are costing twenty bucks right now, but I don't know if this is me just poo-pooing a problem. I don't care about skins. I don't need to get every skin. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm that doesn't make it right. I guess um, I shouldn't just like. It is a problem how they haven't monetized, monetized, like they monetize everything. But also, they were doing loot boxes before, which everybody hated. So I don't yeah. know exactly what people want for everything. Obviously, probably cheaper skins. But I don't know. I don't. I just well, play the game and have fun, and I don't care about collecting skins. So I've honestly really loved the game. Yeah. Um. Like you know, Fortnite is 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 my jam, and 
I don't mind spending money on like the battle pass and the occasional skin because I get a lot of hours out of the game. It costs nothing to buy and play the game. If you don't want to spend a dime, you don't have to spend a dime, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see a problem with, with even having expensive premium skins. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. So aren't, expens- aren't the Fortnite skins expensive too? They can be. Yeah. Yeah, right so right like... now they have Star Wars a bunch of Star Wars skins on there that probably you know if you wanted to buy all this all this cuz it's it's Luke Leia and uh and Han Solo and they're really good skins and I I really want them but um I pro- just don't have the extra funds right now um How so much are they? I want to say the one of them is like 1200 V-Bucks which would be like 10 bucks maybe roughly yeah so it it seems like it's pretty similar then to what overwatch is doing i guess that's just the standard yeah Uh, that's that's how fortnite monetizes the game you know is that and that's fine to me i'm sure they have to give a cut to disney so that's not all going to it's not all going to uh epic so one thing i like about rocket league is um i don't ever have to pay because i earn enough credits by playing to buy the the rocket pass or whatever it's called yes there's something similar in these games in Fortnite, yeah you get you get probably at least a thousand v bucks um for if you buy the battle pass you get about a thousand it might be more it might be 1200 um but you get enough because i've done that in the past i've just saved my v bucks and bought the next season's battle pass but 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 but, you know years rocket league is with epic primarily now so that's probably where that comes Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Overwatch also has a, a battle pass that you level up and unlock as you play. Mm-hmm. I think it's tough because they kept all the Overwatch 1 stats in 2, so I don't know exactly how many hours I played. I would say probably 25, and I'm like maybe battle pass 30. Mm-hmm. Um, It is a little bit on the slower end, but I don't know. I like I read some posts where people, I really don't like to bash on like gamers and people but i saw a reddit post where somebody's like i have played overwatch 2 for over 100 hours since launch this was like a couple weeks ago so it was like maybe a month and a half since the game had been out and they're like this game is so bare bones of content it's like well yeah you played it for 100 hours in a month like what do you expect like no game should hold your interest like that it's a lot of time for a month yeah yeah people need to temper their expectations a little bit more yeah, and I, like, I don't know. I just think this game is getting a little bit of a raw deal because it is a lot of fun to play. Like, again, I don't think it's a sequel per se. Um, and I can't, I guess I changed my expectation of that a while ago because it didn't seem like it was going to be a sequel. Um, like, they added a couple maps, but they kind of changed the lighting on some of the maps and said, oh, look, the maps are different. It's uh, <laughs> dust now instead of sun. So, like, it's stuff like that that they... Like, I can see why people are a little annoyed by that. But, like, I... The multiplayer is free. Like, I don't know. I think it's fun. Everybody can download it and play it. Um, Blizzard as is... long... Go ahead, Oops, Corey. Sorry. No, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as long as they don't Halo Infinite, the post-con- or post-launch content, they should be fine. <laughs> Did Halo Infinite ever come out with its co-op campaign? Multiplayer, yeah. They got rid of couch co-op, though. Yeah. Okay. They said they couldn't do it, but then Digital Foundry did a video of an exploit where you could play couch co-op, and it worked perfectly. Oh, huh. uh, that's sad. Yeah, I don't um, know what happened, but... 
I was just gonna say Blizzard is owned by Microsoft now, right? E, nah, not yet. Oh, okay. It, I was gonna ask happen. if people were trying to blame that influence, the Microsoft influence. Don't get me going on the Activision Blizzard deal with Microsoft. It's so annoying. I find it to be <laughs> annoying deal ever because sony's being a baby microsoft's being a baby it's just they're starting a console war and i just don't want to hear it yeah i just want to play all the games that's <laughs> yeah. all that's how i feel too i'm i'm very thankful that playstation is starting to put their games on pc now too so i don't feel like i need to have a console generally speaking i think we'll i'm sure we'll get one because my you know my kids are starting to get uh, my son especially is is now 11, and he I think he wants to get an Xbox because that's what his friends play on. So I'm sure we'll get a new Xbox at some point. But I don't feel the need to play it necessarily. Yeah, I think uh, Sony's going to do po- like one-year post-launch on console that's perfect. to PC. That's I think perfectly that's what fine. what they're going to end up doing. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think Forbidden... I think Returnal and Ghost of Tsushima should be the next two, and then Forbidden West, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. Yeah, well, I did play a tiny, teeny, tiny little bit of Overwatch 2. Um, I liked it. I have no problem. I, I would play Overwatch if I wasn't playing Fortnite, and I play yeah. Fortnite because I play with my kids. So yeah. um, that's why I haven't, haven't played Overwatch. But I, I watched just... a lot on YouTube. There's only so. enough time for like one like service game, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. And mine seems to be Overwatch. Oh, I should make a very important distinction to people who do listen. I play with at least three people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess including me. So it would be me and two other people at least. So I might have a very different... This is actually a really important distinction. I might have a really different perspective of how Overwatch 2 is. Because if I was solo queuing, I would probably hate myself. Sure. Yeah, I've only ever done Mystery Heroes. Because I, like, I, don't, I don't play enough to know the roles and the, the way stuff plays out. So I play Mystery Heroes because no one really cares all that much. You know, it's mostly yeah, you're people not- trying to test new heroes. So... Yeah, you're not going to get yelled at. No. Although I did a free-for-all the other day to work on. I wanted to play DPS a little bit, so I was playing Sombra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was getting yelled at by people in the free-for-all. Mm-hmm. It's, like, ah. it's like, imagine caring about free, like, free-for-all. Like, what are you doing? So I can't play those games. I just get yelled it, at by people who you say, you're gets- playing your character wrong. Okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, so I guess I'll just per- not play this. It's toxic. We get we get into it with people. Like, yeah, no time, no time for that. That's how I well, feel. I never partake, but it's usually me, Dakota, Evan, Johnny, and maybe we have a fifth. So like we'll play. So if somebody says something, Johnny and Dakota <laughs> jump in first, sure. and then Evan will go in, and then it's me at the end. So yeah, like we we've gotten into some pretty famous fights with people so far uh-huh. we're actually surprised none of us have been banned or reported nice so uh but the other thing i've been playing has been call of duty modern warfare 2 um i played on launch really liked it took the weekend off because it was halloween got back on monday everybody was already like level 40 and 50 knew the maps uh killed me like crazy and now i'm like eh, kind of cooling off on it a little bit mm-hmm um i feel like all of the maps in this game are terrible besides one there is also only it feels like four different maps that i can play um 
It also runs a little crappy. So, like, if me and my friends queue up with four people for a game, uh, it just continues searching and never gets us in a game. Hmm. Also, when we get into a game, not all of us actually make it into the game. Some people get booted. Some people get put in other games. Pretty bizarre. Um, so Modern Warfare 2 is just okay. I don't mind it. It's fun to... I play it more... Not more than Overwatch, but I will like play a multiplayer game when I have not a lot of time just to screw around and shoot some people. So I think I will continue playing it, but I don't love it. Um, campaign was great, though. I really loved the campaign. Because um, they did the thing where if you pre-order, you get the campaign a week early, which I think is genius by Call mm-hmm. of Duty. I think they yeah. should do that every year because I played it. Yeah. Um, and it was fantastic. I thought the campaign was really cool. So uh, it, it kind of keeps the story from Modern Warfare 2, the original one, but changes it a little bit. Um, and they do a lot of stuff with like uh, like cartels and like the border uh with mexico which is really cool to tie that into the story it was i thought it was really cool how they did everything so um yeah that's call of duty it's uh it's fine nice but yeah that's about all i've been really playing what are you playing Corey? uh i'm still playing hard space shipbreaker uh starting to get a little over that game just because i'm the story elements are coming a little bit more slowly, and that was kind of what was keeping me going through the game. Um, I've finished piecing together my own or repairing my own ship based on parts I've been salvaging, um, which I figured when that happened, there would be some sort of prompt uh, to like do something with it, you know, because I've had this spaceship that was given to me um, that I've been repairing all along. But now that I've completed that, there's no nothing has happened. You know, I've gone through a couple more days and I'm just like, okay, what do I need to do to trigger the next story element? I don't like looking those things up. I like to kind of discover games on my own before I look things up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm going to do that. I see like what I have to do to, to see the story through um, and see how the game ends. Uh, not that I am not enjoying dismantling spaceships. It is very therapeutic. It's just one of those things that's very time consuming. And then when you look back, you're like, oh my God, what have I been doing for the last three hours? Um, just like moving spaceship parts around, you know, you don't really get much out of it when you look back on it. So, um, but a good way to unwind after the workday, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. That game's awesome. I started Persona 5 Royal, uh, which Will declared as the greatest JRPG of all time. Uh, modern. I should have said modern. That. That's fair. Um, I like it. So I'm, I, as I said, I'm only half an hour through, uh, very, uh, aesthetically pleasing. I I am one of those people that likes cutscenes. I'm a, I like anime a lot. So especially when you have anime style cutscenes, um, I'm drawn in. Especially when they're so well crafted. Uh, the the graphics and the art style and everything is is really nice to look at. Uh, because I'm so sh- so uh, short into it, I don't have strong opinions about gameplay mechanics or anything like that. But what I've played, I've enjoyed seems like it's going to be a very big game is that correct will yeah you're in for if you like it and want to it's a it's a long one okay uh um, i think i platinumed it in 130 hour i platinumed it though that's not necess- necessarily indicative of how long the actual game is but it's like a good 70 hour game linear so how the Persona games work are you have two different aspects to the game. 
Um, so there's the the social aspect to the game. So like you're playing as uh, Joker. That's the main character of the game. Um, and you're a high school student. So what you do is you do things where like you go to school. So it's like split into different parts of the day. There's the day and then the night. Um, so basically you can do different things like you're in school for part of the day and then you can like hang out with friends or you can like go to the gym. Like you basically live a life in like doing that different stuff. So like if you hang out with friends, you can build your confidant rank with them. Uh, and what that does is like on a scale of one to 10, if you do that, like you get bonuses in game for combat and stuff like that. Uh, so like if you hang out with somebody who is a different trying to figure out how to explain it because you're not very far into it there's like arcanas that add like the magician arcana which can give you like magic boosts and stuff like that like that'll raise so then you do more damage as like doing magic stuff so there's a lot of like stuff that interacts with that but then there's the dungeon crawling aspect where you'll get into because you the first things about uh kamoshida who is the gym teacher at the school um like you'll learn all about that but like you go through these dungeons and do comp turn-based combat and stuff like that and explore so there's a lot going on yeah well i'm excited to uncover it and in first impression was very good I, I think the only critical thought i had while i was playing was that i appreciated in general i appreciate this in games when they're asking your character to respond to things and you actually get to choose what you say mm -hmm. um i don't know if does it impact the story, Will, in Persona 5 Royal, what you, how you respond? Depends. Uh, some of this stuff, like, so if you're talking to friends, there are certain responses that can help you boost that confidant rating um, because you're saying what they want you. It's like with normal interactions. So, like, if you're talking yeah. to somebody and you say something that, like, vibes with them, like, they'll like you more. But if you, like, be a dickhead, then mm -hmm. that doesn't do anything for you. Okay. Um, well, one of the one of the reasons I really like that, and and even if it doesn't influence the gameplay, although it's all, I think it's always better when it does. Uh, one of the reasons I really like that is because it forces you to pay attention. And I'm someone who's easily distracted, especially when I'm playing games. Yeah. Um, I'm usually usually playing games with like a hockey hockey game on next to me or a movie on or something. Uh, that's just how I like to do it. But because of that, my focus is always like kind of not there. So when when you're being prompted to respond to things, it kind of forces you to pay attention to what everyone is saying so that you can respond meaningfully. Yeah. And it just had me thinking about like sparks of hope and how I have no idea what's going on in that story just because I never care either. about it. Yeah. I yeah. don't either. No, like I think um, I always tell people it's, it's like a, it's like 15 hours, but I always think people should play at least through the first palace and then see what you think from there. It's only a 15 hour game. No, no, the first palace is fifteen hours. Oh, I think okay. yeah. didn't you spend like hundred and ten hours on your first playthrough, Will? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It's a it's a really long game, but I it's awesome. It's a really great game. I mean, like the menus, how they stylize it, the music. Um, I think the story is really good. If you do play it, both of you to completion, you guys to get the content that's in the Royal Edition, you have to like max out three different characters, Kasumi, Akechi, and Maruki, their social links to be able to get to the final semester. Okay. So if you're playing it, really liking it, being like, oh, I'm going to play this to completion, do that, because otherwise you won't see the new content, which I think is the best content in the game. You'll have to keep reminding me of that. I will. If you are liking, I'll be heartbroken if either of you don't like it. I think Dan will like it 
um, I worry about Corey. <laughs> I like Japanese stuff. Come on. Yeah, but you're also a, you're the hater on the podcast. Like Dan's <laughs> like me. Dan likes everything like me. I like everything too. I'm just I just like to be honest in my criticisms, you know. And I'm not, and that's fine. And I think and I think my criticisms make for conversation, right? Yeah, like, that's absolutely. The of this. Corey, yeah, just... Corey's the resident curmudgeon, like he said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I just like if you come back like in two weeks and you're like, yeah, I don't really like Persona Five Royal. I might be beside myself. I, I'm pretty sure I'll like it. The combat's um, really fun, so. Yeah, and it just has that nice aesthetic and polish, and you know, there's there's really that's what stood out to me is like the the way the menus and stuff are laid out, like it it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm still I still play Rocket League just about every day. I do the eight o'clock tournament, uh, which <clears throat> I actually won the diamond tournament for the third time this season, two nights ago. Um, and because I've been doing that well, I've been in champion. Uh, rank ter- tournaments, which are much harder than Diamond, but last night I think I finished 8th in a Champions tournament, which was maybe not my best, but my second best. I think I finished 2nd in the Champions tournament once, but never won. Um, I don't know what it is about the tournaments. It's a very inefficient way to play Rocket League, but I guess I just like that like bracket style. You know, you get one team and you stick with them, and, uh, you, and I actually do enjoy the breaks in between. It allows me to kind of like check fantasy hockey and like do little chores around the house in between games if i have enough time um so i I don't mind the breaks in that respect but yeah if you just want to play rocket league the tournament isn't really the way to go just because it is kind of inefficient with your time um but i'm still loving that game and my elite controller should arrive today which nice excuse me my throat was really dry uh on the topic of rocket league i don't know if i've talked about this probably not um, my son started middle school, the m- local middle school this year, and they have a video game club. Um, but they also recently launched an esports program at the school. And Rocket League is the game that the younger kids get to play. I think the older kids get get more choices. I think League of Legends is one of them. Um, I think the company that does the esports is also adding like Smash Brothers eventually. I think Fortnite is is one that they do. I don't know if our school does Fortnite. Um, but yeah, Rocket League is one of the games that, that he can play if he wants to be on the eSports team. Um, but I guess the teacher the teacher slash coach said that the competition is really stiff for for Rocket League for the for the eSports team. So um, really? Yeah, well, and you know our, our dad works at the at the high school and he was telling us about the their, they have an eSports like lab where you know they have all their gaming systems and all that stuff set up and i'm like i was born at i was born at the wrong time yeah wow who signed off on funding for that that's what i want to know uh it's i mean it's kind of so my wife is in education and uh the school that we went to when we were younger that she works at is not on board with any of it because uh, they're kind of old sticks in the mud, but really, as at, at this point now, it's it's more of if you don't do it, you're you're not giving your students the opportunities that yeah. you know b- because because of the careers that you can get in gaming, they offer scholarships for esports players now uh, for for colleges. Uh, you're really like not offering your students everything you could by not taking part in these sorts of things. You're- 
you're absolutely right, Dan. And like, I, I think we all see the value in like team sports, but for kids that aren't athletic, they're never going to get an opportunity to play team sports. Yeah. Yeah. And this is just another way to, you know, give people that experience of participating in team sport without yeah, exactly. to be athletic. None of my kids have any interest in any team sports whatsoever. They complain yeah. when we have hockey on the TV, they complain when we have football on the TV. It's like, well, esports for them. That I mean, I, you know, I talk about my da- my daughters, and I play Fortnite just about every day for at least an hour. Um, and she's, you know, she's getting to the point where she's kind of good, you know. And I always nice. scoffed. I always scoffed at the idea of of parents hiring their kids' coaches, but like now I get it. You know, if if there's some competitive advantage she could get to 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 play that. Uh, you know, uh, e- either professionally or, you know, amateur where you can win tournaments and stuff, you know, yep. don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to do that, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I've been, I've been wanting to talk about that for a little while. I don't, I don't think I did, uh, on the most recent episode and a lot of times too, I'll, I'll tell you guys stuff and I don't remember if I said it on the show or not. So, uh, yeah, right. I did want, I did want to talk about that a little bit, so. Um, go ahead. I I was just gonna say I think that's really all I've been playing mm-hmm. that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, outside of Mario and Rabbids, the only thing I've been playing is is Fortnite. And again, like an hour a day. Uh, I'm almost done with the season's battle pass with like six weeks to go, which is nice. Because usually I'm scrounging up at the end, but like I said, my daughter and I play at least an hour every day, sometimes more. Um. I, I go in every match now expecting to win, so when I don't, it's frustrating, but <laughs> you know, we start still, raging. Yeah, we still we usually win at least one a night. We we'll play three or four matches probably. Um but it's so fun. Fun to play Fortnite, fun to play video games with your kids too. So Yeah, they're getting to the point now where like pretty pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh my son only really plays Minecraft, so he doesn't. My oldest, my yeah. my twins just got switches, uh, so they're really into Kirby right now. So they play Kirby in the Forgotten Land, and they play Kirby, um, Kirby Star Allies, mm-hmm. and then of course Minecraft. Uh, one of my twins is playing Animal Crossing now because he, you know, they watched us play countless during the pandemic they watched us play countless hours of animal crossing so occasionally they would like play on our switch but now that you know my my son milo has has his own island and he's you know building buildings collecting bugs and all the fish and stuff and he he loves it so are you gonna let any of your kids play the new god of war uh no i mean eventually they'll they'll get there but uh not not for now what what age as a parent do you think that you i guess it depends on how mature they are that you would let them play an m game because like i remember playing m games when yeah I was far too young i, I think it depends well, on you, the... you were kind of forgotten will so <laughs> <laughs> i think me. I, I think it depends on the game probably <laughs> okay um but you know max is like he's pretty happy with with the minecraft stuff and yeah um Marlo's plays Fortnite, and then she'll play occasionally play Animal Crossing and other stuff. But yeah, they haven't really shown much interest in in other things just yet. So, well, because I look at a game like uh, 
Horizon Forbidden West, where I, I believe that's rated M. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Yeah, it doesn't seem like it needs an M rating. No, yeah, it's not. It's honestly not bad at all. But then I look at God of War, and it's like Kratos ripping people apart in half and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah. So anyway, anything else before we wrap up the episode? Um, no. But just quickly, I always like to ask, like, what what's coming out? That God of War, right? That's the big one. Harvestella come comes out. out today, doesn't it? Oh, it's today. I think so. Yep. There were no reviews as of yesterday, which is a scary. Well, so let me point this out. Square Enix has pumped out five different JRPGs over the last month and a half, and none of them had reviews on launch. Um, I... And some of them reviewed very differently. Okay. If I just helps. typed in Harvestella into Google, and the first uh, hit was Site News. So where's, this is from Nintendo Life, so where's our Harvestella review is the headline. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think Square Enix is being really weird with how they've been handling everything. I think they're trying to pump out a bunch of games so they can pump up their value so they get bought by Sony. Mm. Um, I think that's what's I think that's what's going on. So yeah, like their review cycles have been bizarre. Like Diofield Chronicles had no reviews before, and then when the day came, a couple came out, and then after a couple days, a few more came out. Valkyrie Elysium, uh, no reviews were out um star ocean had reviews before yeah so it's weird i don't know what they're doing tactics ogre reborn comes out next week yep gotcha okay so that one will be a buy too oh i'm wondering if i should trade in sparks of hope and grab harvestella um bayonetta 3 is one that i will get at some point too Uh, i don't have the time to play it right now but that's definitely one that i wanted to play do you guys follow that voice actress thing that happened I heard a little bit about it. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Some good good, good drama good for the drama, industry. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else? No. All right. No. That'll do it for episode 509 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. <laughs>